everybody and welcome to our brand new podcast we have to go back lost revisited Woo. yay <laughs> i'm really excited to be doing this i've been looking forward to this for a while now so i'm glad that it's happening yeah we've been trying to do this for a while i know and uh i'm glad we finally got everything going and it, it was just been a matter of schedule wise and you know, lining up guests and things like that. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get it started. Uh, my name is Ben. I am one of the co-hosts of this podcast. I'm Kristen, your co-host for this venture through space and time, light and dark, <laughs> life and death. <laughs> uh, joining si- us for science and faith. Science and faith. There you go. Uh, joining us for the pilot is Podcastica's founder and expert analyst for Lost, Jason Kabazzi. Welcome. Hi, I'm trying to think if I'm a man of science or faith. Maybe a little both. <laughs> I know where I fall. Balance is key. <laughs> oh, yeah? Do you want to talk about that? Get into the personal details? <laughs> Let's do that right now. You know what? Screw the pilot. We'll just do that. That's fine. No, I, don't, I don't know if we want to go that route. <laughs> I'm stoked that you guys invited me to do this. I was thinking about this morning that um, Lost and Lost Podcasts are actually what got me into podcasting. And Lost was such a perfect show for that because you didn't know what the heck was going on. And so everybody wanted to theorize. So people sought out these podcasts. I, th- I really, I don't know for sure, but I bet you that if it wasn't for Lost, that TV podcasting wouldn't be as big as it is now. And uh, so anyway, it's really fun to come back and revisit it now. It's been 14 years since it started. Oh God, has wow. it really been that long? <laughs> That makes me feel old. I know, I know. Ouch. Crazy. Yeah, it's funny because I know when when Lost was on, I used to work in uh, in broadcast radio. I used to work for a, a morning show here in Philadelphia, where I'm from. And awesome. every Wednesday, every Thursday morning, that morning show would do a. Uh, they did. They didn't do it for any other show, but they would do like a ten to fifteen minute recap. And uh, of of the the show, and they would do viewing parties of the show on Wednesday nights at different venues around the city, and it was great. Lost was a part of their show. You know, I wasn't even watching it at first. I just heard the buzz, but you know, you can't jump on every show. And I'm like, I don't know. And then my friends kept like canceling out on stuff because they had to go watch Lost, <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? So I'm like, I got to check this out. And I was actually on uh, some kind of a trip by myself in a hotel room, and I caught the finale of season one, where they go off on the raft. Gotcha. And, show. and the hash. yeah, and I was like, 
oh my god this is so good i gotta go back and check it out so then i binged season one and fell in love with it <laughs> yeah, and it's it's so funny that you bring up that finale too with with the hatch and and the raft and everything because I've had conversations with other people, both on Facebook and in person, where people will bring that up, and it takes it's it's kind of a surprise to remember that yeah, that was only the end of season one. Like, right. so much that happens in that show that you would think that was like season two or season, mm-hmm. you know, it, it could have been season two, but like, yeah, that happened in season one. Yeah, one thing is like you look at the schedules, and they had. 23 episodes per season i'm like man because now all the prestige tv shows have like 10 or maybe up to like 15 or 16 they were really cranking those out oh yeah and i I think it it, there were times i think what was it season maybe five it was a season five yeah four or five and it was one of the shortened ones or the writer's strike yeah yeah so, yeah, so the pilot episode actually, because um, TV was a lot cheaper, I think, back then to make than it is now, because, um, you know, one of the biggest uh, pieces of trivia for the pilot is that it cost $13 million to um, to make the pilot episode, which was so much money that um, I think it was the producer that greenlit the the show got fired. Um <laughs> and when you think about, but but you think about how much money that is back in '04, and I think about Game of Thrones, and Game of Thrones last season cost had a ten million dollar budget an episode, so it's amazing that they even got that kind of money in 2004 for a show mm. that had no history. I know, and I think it was thrown together pretty quickly too. Like they had to get that fuselage a couple of weeks before it was supposed to shoot or something like that. I don't know exactly, but I remember it was kind of a scramble to get it all together. And Damon Lindelof was ready to quit because he was so stressed out about the whole thing. Well, uh, Evangeline Lilly wasn't there until I think like two weeks into shooting or something like that because she couldn't get a green card from mm. Canada. And so right. they couldn't get her to Hawaii, which which is interesting. Well, it makes a lot of sense too when we when we if you reflect on the pilot that we're going to be talking about too, because you don't see her in any of that opening scene. You, she doesn't. Oh, wow, come, I never thought about yeah, that. She doesn't That's come true. in until later. When Jack That's finds suspicious. Her in the I think there's something we we don't know about Kate. She wasn't on the plane. Yeah, she, she's really <laughs> another. <laughs> yeah. She's Ethan from right. just in other form. Uh, yep. But, but yeah, I mean, as you can tell by our conversations at, you know, the show has already aired. It's been 14 years as Jason scared us with that fact, <laughs> uh, you know, so spoilers are going to be a plenty. So if this is your first time watching through the show with us, we apologize for that. Um, but yeah, so, turn it off. <laughs> no, don't turn it off. We want you to keep listening. But I mean, Stop right now. Go watch the entire series and come back. Or at least okay, like, welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just to familiar you guys, familiarize you guys with the podcast a little bit. We're going to do two episodes. We're going to reflect on two episodes every podcast that we put out. So this episode will be both the first of the two parts, which were both the pilot. And we're going to try and release as close to the first and 15th of every month. So you're still going to get four episodes a month as if it was weekly except schedule wise it just works a little easier for us to only record twice a month instead of four times so so we're like payday yeah that's <laughs> exciting <laughs> Yay. We, are, we are part of the payday of your life 
and I know one of the things that's already in works too is we're actually going to try and give you some interview with the cast as well. We're going to try and schedule some of them for most likely phone interviews and things like that through a bunch of the connections that we have. So hopefully throughout the course of this, we'll get to talk to as many of the cast members as possible and we'll try and keep them rather timely too. So like we're not going to as, I, I I would love to talk to Michael Emerson, but probably not for a couple seasons, just because we want him to be relevant in the episodes that we're actually talking about. Mm-hmm. So, which I think makes a little sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you say we get down to it? Let's talk about let's talk about the pilot and break it down a little bit. Yeah. So, um, I think each of us has brought um, a, you know, a top three highlights of the episode, and I'm sure we'll reflect on them a little bit further than that as well, because there's so much to talk about in this opening pilot. Um, but each of us will talk about a top three, and I think, Jason, since you're the guest, we should start with you. What's, uh, what's your number three? Okay, mine is, I was remembering back when I watched this, that I kind of had some preconceived notions and expectations about this show, not because of the plot or the story but because the actors and so i'm going to just go through a couple of the actors where i knew them before and and you know how that affected my viewing Mm -hmm. of the show like uh matthew fox he was in party of five which i watched quite a lot of and liked you You guys watch that yeah Yeah. i never did and i was it's about this uh these five kids of different ages and their parents die in a car accident right and so Charlie's the oldest, but I think he's in his early or mid twenties or something, and he's got to take care of them. And he's uh, he's uh, he's a good guy, but he can be a little testy sometimes, and it's you know a lot of pressure. Anyways, I was glad to see him in something uh, new, and that he kept getting work. And now he's a man. Before he was kind of a young guy, and so I thought, cool, they're giving him the hero role. And so I just thought that was great. Uh, pretty straightforward there. Terry O'Quinn, who played Locke. I only knew of him from the Stepfather movies, where he was, uh, I think he was a psycho horror movie asshole. Did you guys ever watch those? No. no I, I want to now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I knew him from Tombstone. What was he in that? He was um, one, I think he was one of the cops or cowboys he was at he was in that little town but i remember he had like a big enough role that um that when i saw it again i was like that's john Locke. there he is <laughs> was the he, only other uh, thing i've seen him in what besides kind of a guy Bible. was he in in that he was like a peacekeeper okay yeah see, okay yeah see my 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 um view of him was totally colored because i knew of him as this killer from a horror movie. <laughs> and so every time you saw him in these two episodes, he didn't have much to do. He'd just look over and, you know, that thing with the orange is so iconic for Lost. But I thought, this guy is bad news every time. <laughs> and I thought, you know, they didn't give you much to go on. And so then when he starts talking to Walt, want to know a secret? I'm like, that is so creepy. This guy is up to no good. That So that kind of colored my um, view of John Locke for, for a long time. He became my favorite character on the show eventually. He, yeah, he was one of my two favorite characters on that show as well. But see, I knew That's Terry cool. I knew Terry O'Quinn from three different things before we went in The Lost. Um, I knew him for, as... Uh, Luke Owen's boss in old school, which was literally like the year before Lost had premiered. 
Um, I knew him from Alias, which was another J.J. Abrams show, because he was uh, the assistant director. I can't for the FBI. old school was that far back. Again, I'm feeling really <laughs> old today. Yeah. Uh, but I also knew him as Howard Hughes from The Rocketeer. Oh, yeah. Which was back, I think, He's like so 91 or 92. Who's your other favorite character? Uh, ben Linus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love He's so him. great. But I I'm got to blink. do a panel with him at a Walker Stucker, and he was super cool. And he tried to get uh, people would ask him, what was going on in different things. And he would give his interpretation as best as he could try to spell it all out, even though he didn't really know. And then I saw him again later at the bar, uh, just having a drink by himself. And I, I said, hi, and he's like, come, come sit down. And so he chatted just really, really nice. That's awesome. Did he blink? <laughs> no, he, he, he was super creepy. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't remember. He doesn't <laughs> blink on the show. He never blinks. Who's your favorite, Kristen? Um, I, you know what, as far as like character arcs, cause those are all, those always seem to be my favorite characters are the ones that have the best arcs. And I would probably go with, uh, Sawyer and Jin. Jin mm-hmm. is one of my absolute, Jin, this Jin and son's entire story from start to finish. Just, Oh, <laughs> I loved every minute of it. So um, okay, I'm going to go through the rest of these quickly. Okay. So Dominic Monaghan was Mary from Lord of the Rings. That's yeah. where I am. And he was kind of a goofball and funny. And he is in this too, but quickly differentiated by this drug habit. So I thought, oh, cool. Given, you know, kind of working with the same thing, but then adding levels to it. And I liked him a lot. Uh, what else? Naveen Andrews, I knew from English Patient. Right. He was... Kip, this bomb diffuser, and Juliet Binoche's lover, and I loved him in that movie. He was really charming and just a good-hearted guy, I think, if I remember right. <clears throat> so uh, I was a little concerned because when he came into Lost, it was in 2004, which the 9-11 was still looming in our minds. It mm-hmm. happened only three years before, and they made him an Iraqi um Republican guard member. And I'm like, I don't want them to paint him as a stereotype, but it was really quickly apparent that they were making him a complex character. And he seemed to have a good heart too, but had a dark past. So I, I loved, loved the yeah. way they did that. Yeah. I forgot. You know what? I'm changing my, my answer. So I forgot. <laughs> Saeed is my favorite <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because of that reason. Exactly. Yeah, he's great. And then uh, just the other two I wanted to mention were Sun and Jin. I didn't know them already, but I found out later that Sun, who's Yeonjin Kim, was uh, already a famous actor in Korea, South Korea and Asia. And um, she had originally auditioned for Kate and the producers were impressed. So they created this role for her. Mm. And Daniel Day Kim was sort of a counterpoint because he grew up in the U.S., and didn't really know Korean that well. And so she had to, she helped coach him and helped him with his accent and everything like that. He was like kind of nervous about speaking only in Korean, but I thought he did fantastic. I mean, what do I know? I don't know Korean, but it sounded good to me. <laughs> I wow. I didn't, that, <laughs> me too. I didn't even know that he knew how to speak English until, until like right. he spoke English when he was talking to uh, Hurley, when, yeah. when Hurley was stealing all the food oh, in the, the pantry. Dream sequence, yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, and he starts so, speaking. I go, "What is happening right now?" <laughs> well, I I had known uh, Daniel Day Kim. Uh, I knew he could speak English from two other series. He was a series regular in uh, one of the later seasons of Angel, and he was also in Twenty Four right before he was on Lost. So I knew he was an American actor going into Lost because those were two shows that I was watching previously. Mm-hmm. So how did that color your? perception or of Jin uh, at all. I was I knew at some point he was most likely going to end up speaking English before mm. be, before it it started happening in the show. And then at Kristen as you had mentioned through the dream sequence uh that was at that with Hurley in the bunker. I was like, okay, we we finally got our taste that he can, <laughs> that can, that was he can speak English. It was a good moment. Yeah. So, and I know it's it's not it's not directly related to but I'm a big fan of Hawaii 50. And which also shoots in Hawaii, which is where Lost was shot. And I was so happy to see a number of these actors continue working through HBO, Daniel, uh, HBO, uh, Hawaii Five O. Uh, Daniel Day Kim went on to uh, Hawaii Five O. Jorge Garcia went on the Hawaii Five O. Terry O'Quinn. Terry O'Quinn. Jimmy Rosal. Buffett. But Jimmy Sorry. Buffett was. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> naming <Lost>. people now. <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, I was, I was happy to see that because I know a lot of these actors ended up buying property and buying homes in Hawaii mm. since that's, they were, that's where they were filming. And I know that's one of the main reasons why a lot of them ended up on Hawaii Five O is because that's, they were still living there. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So, um, so that's, is, that's, um, your number that's three, three is yeah. all of the, uh, all of kind of the preconceived notions that you had. Were you, were you overall, would you say that you're overall pleasantly happy or surprised with kind of how different everybody was, especially Terry O'Quinn? Yeah, I mean, I I think Locke is so complicated and I do think that he can be kind of creepy, but there's so much else to him besides that. And mm-hmm. it was more in a sad, <laughs> sad, pathetic way sometimes. <laughs> um, but anyway... There's so much more to him than that too. So mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, he, he became my favorite character. And the only thing about him is once we figured out and like Ben said, spoilers big time, but that yeah. Locke in the last season was actually not Locke. It was the man in black in the in Locke's using Locke's appearance and that he actually had died pathetically on the mainland. I felt I, I didn't like that. I was like, Oh, that was really Locke's end. My favorite character. After all that, you just yeah yeah I, yeah that's disappointing. I agree. Um, reflecting a little bit too, since we've we've mentioned some of our favorite characters throughout the course of the series, looking at just the pilot by the end of that second part, you know, not knowing the future of these characters, the character arcs that they were going to take. By the end of the pilot, did you have a favorite going into it at that point? Did you have one character that you kind of? I think Jack for me. Okay. Yeah, I was a big I was a big Hurley fan by the end of the pilot. I liked him for sure. Okay. I mean, Jack for me, yeah. I loved Jack, but he got to be such an a-hole yeah. <laughs> in the show. <laughs> and and I think I don't know for sure, but my feeling is that just uh that Matthew Fox has an underlying anger to him and that the writers wrote to that. Interesting. Well, I think that, I, it, wasn't there something about him being abusive to somebody that came up in the news at yeah. one point too? So, yeah. Yeah. So I think huh. you're right. He does have but a who knows. I, mean, I don't want to 
say for sure, no. but that's what it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> I was well, uh, I was also a big Emily Duravin. I was also a big Claire fan too, but ju- that's just because I'm I'm a guy. So. <laughs> Enough said, right? And, and the Australian accent gets me. I'm, I'm I, you know, I was a little uncomfortable in this uh, scene with Kate in her uh, bra and panties with the camera lingering over her with this hashtag me too movement going on right now, it yeah. felt like something like this wouldn't happen on an ABC show today. I don't think probably not, <clears throat> but she's hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, she's hot, but I also agree with women's rights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> She's hot. Hashtag me too. I mean, I, I really like the scene uh, uh, with, uh, Oh God, I don't remember her name, but in star Trek, where they just show this girl. Oh, Alice her. Eve. Yeah. It's sad like, that I knew exactly what scene you were talking God, about. <laughs> oh, it just feels so stupid. Like, and it almost, I, I didn't remember feeling like that when I first saw this scene with Kate, but it felt almost exactly the same this time. Like, really? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm going to go into my number three real quick, just because <clears throat> it kind of plays to your number three, Jason, if you don't mind, Ben. No, go ahead. Um, so, I started listing out um, kind of every character and how fleshed out they seemed in the first, um, in the pilot. I thought as far as pilots went that um, these characters were whole, like they felt whole um, that people had thought about who, who they are. I mean, right down to, I mean, you look at Sawyer and and he has such a small role in the, in part one, um, you know, and it, it's expanded a little bit in part two, but, you know, in part one, all you see of him really is him just pacing around smoking a cigarette, but he has, he has taken ownership of whoever Sawyer is. Um, he looks angry. He looks restless. He looks like he's trying to scheme a little bit and, you know, knowing how Sawyer was throughout the entire series. Um, I like how right off the bat, you got that feeling Mm -hmm. um, of who Sawyer was. Uh, When you look at Sun and Jin, you know, you saw, you saw a, you know, kind of an oppressed um, wife and a domineering husband. And that was a huge part of their entire story. And, you know, even knowing that Sun and maybe knowing like Sun's whole character and looking at them, you know, in the pilot, knowing what I know, you know, son looked like she was disappointed that she didn't get to leave, that she didn't get to separate from this man. Right. And, um, she looks pained that she can't speak English to, um, Michael who is looking for his son, you know, or, or, and the dog son and the dog. Um, (laughs) you know, Jin, who is just trying to get everybody to like him because he's, he has so many deep rooted insecurities because of, you know, who he was and then who he was forced to become by his father-in-law and, and whatever. But you see all of that just like right off the bat. I I don't know. I just felt like these were really fleshed out characters. I mean, you know, when Jack is giving the speech about his first surgery on the 16 year old girl and he's crying as he's talking about it, he's, I really felt like he was reliving that moment. And I, and, and, I felt like he didn't deter too much from that, from that guy. I mean, even his hand is shaking a little when he's holding the vodka and, and we know that he had a drinking problem for a little bit, you know, and, uh, Hurley is, is already so kind and so giving and, um, you know, he gave Claire extra food and Claire is just, she's so humble and, and, and so kind as well. And, you know, you have Kate who, who shows up, 
and she's scared and, but she's brave and she's, you know, deciding she's just ready. Like that's the only word I could think of for her was ready. She was just ready for anything. Okay. We're going to go to the cockpit. Great. Let's do that. Oh, you want me Mm. to sew up your skin? I don't want to do it, but I'll do it. (laughs) You know, and she, and that element to her kind of stayed throughout the whole series. So I really like that, you know, Boone and Shannon's dynamic, you could tell right off the bat that it was complicated and you kind of hated Shannon from the very beginning, you're like, oh, there wow, was, I there was no hate kind you. of there, there was no kind of <laughs> yeah. yeah. core character trait. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. um, you know, Saeed, um, I don't think we saw much, much of him in the beginning, but I did notice with Charlie, um, he was just so aimless, you know, I mean, when the thing crashed down and exploded behind him and he just kind of like, kind of looked back at it, like, all right, that happened. Like he's clearly just kind of high and kind of, okay, what am I doing? You know, I just love that. I was going to say for Saeed, I think you could tell right away that he's solid and that he's brooding a little or not brooding, but he's deep. He's got a lot of depth and, and, um, the way that he accepted Hurley's offer of kindness, you know, like Hurley went to shake his hand and then Hurley was like, Oh no, I'm sorry. You're holding something inside made a point to no, no, I want to shake your hand. I mean, it just felt like he's a complicated guy with, uh, and he's used to people being suspicious of him, but he wants to get past that. So a little bit. Yeah. No, no, no. I totally agree with you on that. And, and, um, I think I was just thinking of the of part one, which is why I didn't oh, okay, mention that. Only I only say that just because I was talking about kind of like like total first impressions. But yeah, by the end of the pilot, by both parts, I mean you just have a really good foundation of who these people are, and and um, you know I just really appreciate the writing and the acting and everything that they they did to to just present these whole characters from from the very beginning. Yeah. And that's one of Lost Strengths is such strong characters that are really distinct from each other and seem like real people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really shines a, a big light on JJ and, and the rest of the writers of that is that when they develop these characters, you could tell just from the pilot that while the actors might not have known their backstories yet, they knew enough to portray what they portrayed in that pilot. Mm-hmm. And, but JJ and the rest of the writers, they knew exactly what made up these characters and they knew that in enough to tell the actors like this is what i want you to do uh you know like you had made mention like jack walking around helping everybody he kind of shined that he was and we got more reflection of that later that he has the hero complex and he feels like he has to help everybody Mm -hmm. Um, shannon being the conceited bitch that we knew her as in the pilot is standing there crying almost like a big cry for attention like somebody come and help me uh, and Charlie just wandering around aimlessly because he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what's going on. So, uh, you know, even the directors knew at that time and the writers knew at the time what these characters were going to flesh out to be. I bet you Charlie was just uh, wondering if it was actually happening. Her <laughs> view was still in that bathroom. <laughs> it's a strong cool. possibility. <laughs> He's like, oh my gosh, I think I'm on an island, but that seems really ridiculous. <laughs> I think what he had, he had a heroin addiction, right? Yeah. yeah. And I've never tried heroin, but from what I understand, it just kind of 
you just totally relax into yourself and the world disappears. I don't know. Listeners, correct me. <laughs> I know it's the hardest to kick. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm, I don't want to seem suspiciously quiet, but I've never done it either. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> Um, I, How about I wanna, your number three, Ben? I, I was just going to say, I was going to save this for my, for my number one, but since it, we're already kind of talking about it, uh, I'll use it as my number three. And it's just that first seven minutes of the episode, uh, the whole crash itself. You didn't know what this show, really what to expect from the show other than that there was a plane crash and that these survivors were surviving on an island. We Just from the trailers of the show, that's all we really knew. And... I'm somebody that at any time I watch a new show, I'll give any new show three episodes. Uh, and my main reasoning for that is the pilot's always going to, they're always going to try and make the pilot as strong as they possibly can. Meaning the second episode probably isn't going to be as strong as the pilot. And then if the show doesn't try to try to take like an uptick again by the third episode, I very rarely watch past that. And for the most part, it works. There's been a couple shows I haven't given past three that apparently have become really good and I have a lot of catching up to do. But uh, like Colony and a couple others, Kristen, that you've recommended to me. Colony. I know. Um, Colony. But the pilot, I was hooked. Got Sawyer in it. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Josh He's, he is wet and sweaty and shirtless <laughs> a lot, too. You're ladies. not selling me on this show. Yeah, well, I'm much. talking to the ladies right now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but the but the first I didn't even have to give this episode three I didn't even have to give the show three episodes I it only took seven minutes <laughs> and it I was that the whole opening of the cra- of the aftermath of the crash of Jack running around you know the the guy getting sucked into the turbine of the plane and the turbine exploding uh, the wing crashing down and exploding it like everything that happened uh, you know Boone coming back with seven different pens. <laughs> you know, you know which one to use uh, uh hurley falling down uh, hurley falling down jack telling him you know like uh, don't let her move and he's like dude i'm not going anywhere as he's just a face full of sand i was so sold on this show just from just from the beginning the beginning of this yeah, I would um, agree. And it, it, another rec, another reflection that I made going back and rewatching this now too, because it's been a couple of years since I've, I've rewatched the season, the series a couple of times. This is my first time in probably like a good four or five years since I've done it. And I've purposely held off since we, until we started this podcast. But one of the things I realized, and this is kind of spoilerful, as we mentioned, but you know, spoilers full throughout this entire thing, we're seeing the first half of a bookend. Because the series starts, the series ends the same way it starts. Mm-hmm. It's the same two characters. It's mm-hmm. Jack and Vincent, except with an eye opening, it's an eye closing. So mm-hmm. we're seeing the first of the two halves of the bookends, which I think was brilliant on the writer's behalf. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Um, you know, nice. it's, it, it's got, I kind of akin it to, I don't know if either of you have seen the show Eureka. Which was a sci-fi show, and it was basically, um, you know, spoilers if you've never seen Eureka, but the show's been off the air for long enough that 
you know, the, it's the opening two characters, a father and daughter, driving into this town, and they almost get into a head-on collision with this car coming the opposite direction. And in the series finale, it's the father and daughter leaving town, and they almost get into a head-on collision with another car. And as they're driving past them, they see it's themselves. So it's, you know, it's the kind of the bookend of the series, and I think mm-hmm. Lost did it perfectly. Yeah, I remember them talking about how they've had the idea for, we know how this is going to end, and we've had the idea for just the last scene in our heads. I don't know if they said since the beginning, but for a long time, and then we had to wait like a couple seasons to figure out what they were talking about. But once it happened, it's like, oh, yeah, that's good. (laughs) And I think think the eye played a big part throughout this too didn't i think there was a number of episodes that opened the same way like a Mm -hmm. a close-up on an eye yeah so yeah um uh but yeah that yeah that was my number three Uh, so uh jason Jason, you're you're number two yeah i agree i think this is one of my very favorite pilots of any show ever and i've probably seen this episode more times than i've seen most episodes of any TV show. Cause I like it so much <clears throat> and yeah, it just grabs you right away. But I was trying to figure out what is it about lost? That's so good. And there's so many things, but for me, one of the main things has to do with this particular um, way that our minds work. And so, cause our brains are wired to make sense of things and figure them out and categorize them and then we can file them away so we don't have to pay constant attention to everything around us you know and worry about things or whatever we know what that is so it just kind of fades into the background but there's this thing called the reticular activating system which is a network of neurons in the brain stem close to the top of the spinal column and it's the gatekeeper of information that's let into the conscious mind and filters out all this other information and that your sensory organs are constantly throwing at it and selects the ones that are most important for your conscious mind to pay attention to. And so with Lost, uh, well, here there's some things that get through this reticular activating system are danger anytime you perceive threatening to your safety or anything invoking emotion in us or novelty, things that we haven't yet categorized. Lost has all of that stuff constantly with these mysteries, with danger all the time, with us falling for these characters. And so even right in the first uh, episode, the whole scene that you described, Ben, with the the plane is just screams danger everywhere you look. And so I'm switched on the whole time I'm watching that. Then the smoke monster is the biggest example of this. Like, what the fuck? I mean, it wasn't even a smoke monster (laughs) yet, but are you are you cussing on your podcast? Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Like, dude, I, I, that, uh, opening scene and this monster that makes this like ratchety warbling and booming with trees falling and this whistle big how I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, Uh I was so turned, just switched on by that. And then when they're walking around in the forest, anytime after that or the jungle, I'm like, what are you doing? That thing is going to kill you. I mean, I'm totally <laughs> on edge, you know? <laughs> so that, that I, I just can't get over that. Uh, and there's no time to, you can't categorize that. You can't, it can't ever fade into the background. You're just like, 
what is going on here? Where are we, guys? You know? <laughs> yeah. um, then the the pilot uh, gets ripped out by it, and his bloody body found in the tree. Uh, the more danger. By the way, Jack's cut his back, right? And then later we see this big hunk of metal sticking out of this uh, marshal, and we see this pilot's bloody body. I remember when I was watching that feeling like, wow, this is intensely gory. This show is well, and the guy that got sucked into the other thing. Yeah. The engine. And now after walking dead, game of Thrones, American horror story, it all is a little more tame than it was back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But back then I don't think we used to see that kind of gore on TV. So that, that my eyes were wide open with that. I mean, I could go on about all the things that I think just keep your brain switched on while you're watching the show, but you kind of get the idea. And I think these first two episodes are full of it. Now, when no. when, when you, I was just going to ask real quick, um, when it came to like the noise and the trees moving and anything, was there anybody else that thought the possibility immediately, and you kind of throw it away afterwards, dinosaur? Yeah. I think that came up too in theorizing about it. Cause uh, you know, we had the Jurassic park movies and everything. Yeah. So, but huh. it doesn't sound, it sounds like it a sounds machine. Mechanic- yeah. Mechanical. Yeah. <laughs> like avatar. Um, did you, when did you like, do you remember the first time you watched uh, the pilot Jason and realizing like oh i have to actually pay attention like is that something that you consciously thought of when you were watching the show or is that just something that you came to realize after a couple of episodes or seasons or whatever it was 14 years ago yeah go ahead uh, your memory is wonderful is uh (laughs) me and my after i watched that um the last episode of the first season that was my first episode I'm like, I got to go back and watch this. So I went to the Blockbuster, which kids, there used to be this store. <laughs> and uh, and I rented the whole first season. And I went over to my buddy Chad's house. And to the annoyance of his wife, we spent like two or three days just watching the whole first season. And uh, then we were ready for season two to start, which was only a week later, thankfully, because that would have been hell to have to wait after that looking down in the hatch to wait a whole, you know, six months or whatever it was. But uh, I just remember sitting in my uh, Chad's living room, watching it with our eyes wide open. And we're like, should we watch one more? Yeah, let's watch one more. So we were totally focused in and engaged with it, paying close attention and trying to figure out, I think, yeah, it's natural. I don't, I don't really think you can watch this show and not pay attention. I don't know. Cause you're wanting to know what's going on, you know? Yeah. 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 There are times, I mean, I've had people that I've introduced to the show and I'm trying, you know, I've tried to get through and they're, they're the kind of people that will kind of like half watch the work on something else or they'll be on their phone. And, and I tell them same thing with like Game of Thrones and Westworld and such. I'm like, no, if you're going to watch this, you actually have to sit and watch this because Mm -hmm. there are certain times that if you miss something akin to the title of the show, you are going to be lost watching, (laughs) watching forward. Uh, you, know, you will. I, I, yeah, I'm like, you will anyway, but it'll be it'll be more satisfying to pay attention. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to talk to you during it, and I'm not going to rewind it. So you're on your own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think personally that 
any show, you should really just turn everything else off and pay attention to it or else you're not going to like the show because you're going to miss the nuances of it. That's Mm -hmm. my yeah i know and you you had mentioned jason going to blockbuster and renting season one i remember distinctly uh you know when the show debuted this was the time of tivo so i had tivo at home and i i always had the habit of like nope i gotta save room on my tivo so anytime i watched something i deleted it never deleted an episode of lost <laughs> never um, we all have that because yeah because there were always instances where i just wanted to rewind it and see something yeah, freeze frame things. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But this was also before a time that we could like screen cap it and throw it online and mm-hmm. everything else. You had to wait like a day or two before you saw screen captures of this stuff pop up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was still, yeah, I never, I never had to, uh, never had to, to rent from Blockbuster only because I, I never got rid of them when they aired. <laughs> so, uh, Kristen, how's about your number two? Well, my number two is actually really little. It's really small, but it's um, it's basically it's John Locke when he's talking to um, Walt, uh, and they're talking about backgammon, and they're t- he's talking about the game. Um, but he, you know, he looks at Walt and he says, you know, uh, there's two players and there's two sides. One is light and one is dark. And I just thought that that was wonderful that they actually did stick with that theme over the course of. Um, over the course of the series and they really stuck to it when they were trying to land the show at the end um, with the two sides with um, Jacob and his brother, whose name is escaping me right now. Do they ever um, name him? No. Yeah, that, well, then so. that's why, that's <laughs> why his name is. We'll say Fred. Man in black. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jacob and Fred. So <laughs> they were light and dark and, you know, it was just, there was a big play on that uh, throughout the whole series. And I like it that it was a very small moment, uh, but they did establish from the very beginning that they were going to be playing with um, this theme and this element. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could, because the light versus the dark is pretty much, that's an overarching theme throughout the entire run of the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's interesting to me about that is, it makes it seem like things are black and white, but really all the characters are working in shades of gray. Uh, even Ben, maybe I mean, not Ben, but everybody else. <laughs> and even Jacob, like he had some darkness to him. I thought, yeah, I would agree with that. But yeah, that theme definitely carried through I, to the end. I think even Ben, you know, moderated into that. You know, yeah, by the, the gray area things. too. I think there's by sure. the yeah by the end of the series there were definitely some some shades of gray to Ben as well. Yeah, you're right. He was Hurley's helper. Yeah, he was he was Hurley's yeah he was Hurley's Very helper nice. and, and yeah so yeah I think he operated. That's one of the reasons why he became one of my favorite characters by the end is because mm-hmm. he was such a complicated character that you realized he wasn't all dark. There were there were elements of light to him and there were the shades of gray as well. Yeah. So I just loved how for I don't know how many five episodes or whatever he was just so earnestly I'm Henry Gale and then it turned out he was lying the whole time. That was awesome. Well, yeah. <laughs> and and I love the fact too that I mean and I know we're we're getting ahead uh, way ahead of Yeah, sorry. Wow, no, no, it's, not it's, blinking. It's fine. But he was actually I think only scheduled to be I think in maybe seven episodes. 
Um, yeah. Like the, once he was revealed to not be Henry Gale, I think he was he was originally meant to be just another other that was killed off or just kind of mm-hmm. written off. But they loved his performance so much that they rewrote his character and, and incorporated him into the rest of the series. Which and that's fantastic. one thing that this show did, I would say, pretty well is they wrote to what was working and, you know, the relationships and the characteristics of the actors. And, and when something wasn't working, then they just, you know, killed them and buried them alive or whatever. <laughs> pa- Pablo and uh, Nick wasted an entire episode on it. <laughs> I know you don't like that episode. I actually thought it was really fun, but I, I was also um, glad that. That meant it was the end of those two. Nikki, yeah. Nikki and Pablo. <laughs> I love it because when that when those episodes started airing and Nikki and Pablo just pu- appeared out of nowhere, like before they got their own episode, I just remember like blogs and everything online, like who the hell are who Nikki the hell and Pablo? are these guys? Yeah, I think the problem was that they're too good looking. Maybe that if they would have just had because they. I did feel like, yeah, there's all these people milling around and we never get to know any of them. And so maybe if they had some more average looking people, I don't know. It feels like there should have been a way that they could introduce us to some of the other uh, passengers that wouldn't have been so jarring, but I don't know. So you mean if they were just like another Rose and Bernard? Yeah. They might've worked a little bit better. Cause if they're, they're, they look like two supermodels and it's like oh really why didn't we not notice these two before but <laughs> yeah. who knows I don't know. <laughs> um oh wait was that guy the same guy that's in westworld well that's what i'm checking right now actually. i think it is actually i've been yeah, trying to what, what was the name of that, of that episode uh um, exit oh shit i can't remember wasn't it the name of the the what? show that she was on or maybe not i don't know yeah, it might be. Well, you can. Uh, Honey, think, second chance, booty, exposed. Ex- expose. That's it. Expose. Yeah. yeah. What was that? Okay. Uh, oh, Clayne Crawford was in that episode. Sorry. Yep, that's him. It is. It's Rodrigo Santoro. Well, he's awesome on Westworld. Prettiest man in the whole world. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny how those things, they all relate. I know. I didn't even realize. Six degrees. So they got to have uh, Nikki show up on there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't, Westworld, I think, isn't it the same producers as Lost? It's JJ, isn't it? He's involved, yeah. So, I mean, it would make sense because that actually leads me into my number two. Uh, oh, cool. You know, the, the way they, they kind of relate. And J.J. uses a lot of the same actors because J.J. did Alias and, you know, and he's done, done a bunch of other stuff. The same way that my number two is the same way that John Ratzenberg is kind of like the good luck charm to Pixar. Uh, as he, he does a voice character in every Pixar film. J.J. Uh, Abrams also uses Greg Grunberg in almost mm-hmm. every project that he does. So the moment that we saw Greg Grunberg show up as the pilot in, you know, in the pilot episode of Lost, even though he gets killed, JJ has already thrown his good luck charm into the ring. And, <laughs> you know, me being knowing JJ's prior works and knowing how he likes to use Greg and a lot of stuff, I was already very hopeful for the show because he's already played his good luck charm. <laughs> and that, that was like his childhood buddy or something. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. they grew, they've grown up yeah. together. <laughs> 
So, but I thought that was v- really cool the moment I saw Greg Grunberg show up as the pilot. It, it's a very quick number two, but it, it fits in perfectly with talking about Rodrigo Santorum and, you know, Westworld using like that. Yeah. Like reusing, <clears throat> reusing a lot of these, you know, again, because Terry O'Quinn was in Alias and now he's using him in Lost and, and such. So, it, yeah, it, it, I like it when directors are using actors that they know they can trust and they know are going to portray the characters that they want very well. Yeah. And it makes sense. You get, you get a working relationship with somebody, you know, that they're good and you get to be friends with them too. So you want to give them stuff to do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I think that leads us into our round of number ones. And, uh, Jason, we'll go with your number one. Okay. It kind of overlaps with what Kristen was talking about earlier, how the core character traits were already really present, uh, in the show. But maybe I'll also do, there was a lot of foreshadowing of future plot lines. You mentioned Jack's eye opening foreshadows the very end of the series. Um, Him talking about being a spinal surgeon foreshadows a lot of things with him, with his wife and with Ben, you know, um, working on his spine. Uh, It's kind of, I thought it was pretty funny that he's talking to Kate about, when he messed up and cut the neural sack or something and nerves splayed out like angel hair pasta. I'm like, didn't she just express that she was really nervous about sewing her up and <laughs> telling her this grody story, <laughs> but that even foreshadowed the whole, the scene later where she's counting to five to avoid fear, which is good. Uh, Jack mentions that the front end of the, Plane and the tail end are not on the beach. So that foreshadows the whole thing with the tailies later. I mean, they kind of had these stories in mind. Rose looking at her ring and is with is about her husband Bernard. Uh, what else? Sawyer staring at his letter with a pain look on his face. Yeah. Oh, I love that moment. I totally <laughs> forgot about that moment. The only thing about that is he wrote it when he was eight years old. And he's been carrying it around so he can give it back to the guy that um, caused his dad to kill his mother and himself. And I'm like, man, that's a long time to be pulling that thing out and looking at it like that every day. I guess that's what he does. (laughs) Well, maybe he was pulling it out because now that they're on that island, maybe he's like, oh, my gosh, maybe I can't give this. That is an excellent point. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, you just made me rethink that whole scene. <laughs> like, oh, crap, my life's purpose is down down the drain. <laughs> and then it turns out this was exactly where he needed to go. Yeah. Uh, Danielle, the whole thing with we got an episode finally that showed young Danielle and her other uh, scientist friends being infected. But in this, we just get the transmission that she left saying, I'm alone now, please help me. They're dead. It killed them all. So that took several seasons to play out where we figured out what the hell that was all about. I can't remember when it came, but I think it was like season three or something. Um, yeah. You what? Oh yeah. I was just thinking about Shannon knowing French and how she wasn't all, she wasn't, she was more than what we initially thought she, mm-hmm. that she was. Anyways, keep going. Yeah. Um, the whole black and white thing. Um, what else? Even traits of the show are there. I mean, an obvious one is the opening title, which I think is great. And it's 
it's a little counterintuitive because it's so kind of low rent, the graphics and everything, and it's quick, but the music is really eerie. And every time I hear that and see that opening title, it's like a Pavlovian response, like, oh, get ready for a crazy trip here. (laughs) (laughs) That was the one constant throughout the whole series. And the music, which I meant to mention in my last point about, you know, things that activate you is uh, so good. Like, I feel like maybe the series wouldn't have been as acclaimed if it wasn't for Michael Giacchino's score, which was really unique. And he could, he was a master at evoking any emotion, you know, like franticness or mystery, mystery or, you know, like sinister, ominous, uh, swelling emotion, anything. He can just, I feel like, just pluck anything out of you that he wants to. So that's interesting. That. That's interesting that you talk about the music because I noticed about probably by the time they got to the cockpit, I think that was the first time I heard music in the episode. Um, yeah, which I thought was really great that they didn't have like the score always running. They they yeah. used music sparingly, but at the perfect moments. Uh huh. And even the music itself there's silences within it. Sometimes it's very spare and, and deliberate, you know, mm-hmm. it's very artful, but yeah, I agree. Sometimes the best thing to do is not have any music. <clears throat> and I also had a long thing about poor character traits, but I think you covered that really well. Just one thing I'll mention is it's kind of sad to realize that most of these people are dead on the Island. Jack, Locke, Charlie, Saeed, Jin, Sun, Boone, Shannon, all dead. The ones that lived, Kate, Hurley, Walt, Rose, and Claire. Spoiler. <laughs> I'm glad that Hurley got through with all those women. <laughs> yeah, at least one dude. It's cool that Hurley ended up kind of with the, the best ending, I guess you could say. Yeah, I, I, I think that too. I mean, it's one of the things that by the end of everything, I didn't – it was one of the things I didn't see coming was who was going to kind of – you know, take over. And I didn't, you, there's a very obvious choice as to who it's going to be by the end. And it kind of does play out that way, but because of the fate of that character as well, you know, Hurley ends up being the guy that remains at the end. And that was something I didn't see coming, but I actually loved by the time we got to that point. Yeah. Super cool. When when I was uh, interviewing Stephen Yun during the first season of walking dead, who plays Glenn in case people don't know, and back then, uh, Walking Dead, people, some people called it like the spiritual successor to Lost because it was this big cinematic thing. And people were saying that maybe Glenn was sort of like the Hurley of the show. So I told him that and he didn't watch Lost, but he kind of knew about it. And he was like, oh, is he kind of like the comic relief? Because, uh, you know, and like I, he didn't really want to be that. And I wanted to say, well, by the end, he like takes over the island, but I didn't want to spoil it. So <laughs> in I case he was going to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for the listeners, too. I would say, well, you know, he has. Well, never mind. <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything for anybody that doesn't watch Walking Dead or lives under a rock. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's it. That's what I had for my number one. Yeah, I know that the music, Jacino uh, is a such a fantastic um, composer at, when it comes to movie scores, not just for Lost and, and other television shows. But I mean, this really catapulted his career. Yeah, he's oh, done absolutely. some and I actually, stars. 
was a lot I of have stuff. those soundtracks in my playlist on my phone. So I still go back and re-listen to the soundtracks of Lost. Uh, <laughs> I just do. I saw, I went to LA because he did a concert and uh, it was outdoor and it was at night and it was windy and it was almost like we were on a tropical island. It was really crazy, but he just had this orchestra playing music from Lost while they projected scenes on a screen and it was fantastic. And then uh, at some point, Josh Holloway came out and he was (laughs) totally wasted and he was like talking to the um, orchestra you guys, this is the first time I'm getting to meet some of you guys. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to have beers with him. I that have, there's a number awesome. of them I would love to have beers with. That sounds awesome. Josh yeah. Holloway. It's funny too, Jason, because you mentioned like being on stage with Stephen Young and having an opportunity to moderate panel with uh, like Michael Emerson and such. And I remember, I think it was Atlanta two years ago for Heroes and Villains. You had a number of lost characters there. They were there for, I think, for they were doing a Once Upon a Time panel. But I know like Emily Duravin was there, uh, and I think there was one or two other people who had been on Lost that were also there because they were. Once Upon a Time was another show that shared actors with with lost uh because jorge garcia has been on once upon a time Mm -hmm. and and such and i know like i was excited to meet a bunch of them but i was so nervous to even approach emily deravin (laughs) just because of the crush i knew i had Mm -hmm. on her on the show i was just like "Uh, i mean this is i'm somebody who went up to momoa backstage and introduced myself and shook hands and had a conversation with jason momoa but i was but i was too scared Mm -hmm. to go talk to and meet emily deravin yeah, there's those certain ones. I felt like that around Bruce Campbell. I think I would be too. No, I've, but I've met Bruce before, so I don't know if I would be. I was, I was just such a chicken shit to talk to Emily Dravid. One time, I don't know, this is a little like self-serving or something, but hopefully people will be interested. But because I do these Walker Stalker cons, I get to do a lot of Walking Dead panels with actors from Walking Dead. But James, who runs these, loves loss. In fact, he had tons of... Uh, items from the show that he collected. He had like seats from the plane and different things. Um, But he got several of the actors and we did a panel. So it was Michael, Desmond, Juliet, Danielle. And I can't, I think there might've been one other and I moderated it and I'm sitting up there during the panel, looking over like, how the hell did this happen? Like, <laughs> I, I was totally starstruck. You're having like an out of body experience. Yeah. Like, how like, is this is my this life real? right now? Yeah. <laughs> that's it's it's kind of I know it's not lost related, but I kind of had that same experience when I did the OTA panel for you in Atlanta when I was on stage with like, with uh, Stephen Amell and uh, <laughs> Emily Bett Rickards and David Ramsey. Like I've met a bunch of these people before, but knowing how huge that panel was for that that convention, I kind of had a moment like that too, where I was on stage where I'm, I'm just looking down and I see these three people. I'm like, holy shit, is this really happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the crazy thing about that lost panel was Desmond, uh, Henry E. Cusick, he was really nervous about it because they don't, they didn't have these big conventions for every show and lost was on and he hadn't done much of it, but 
people from the audience were asking about, because you know Desmond's storyline with all the time trippiness, and they were like asking him questions about the details, and he would say, well, uh, and I forgot exactly what, but it was like, he'd be like, well, uh, so it's this and this, or wait, is it that? (laughs) Then the audience member would like fill him in on the details, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Poor guy. (laughs) I don't know if you watched the 100, but he's really good on the 100. I've heard. I like that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah and I, that's really cool knowing too, because I've n- I've never had the opportunity to meet James, even though you know, I've I've done work with with FanFest a number of times. I've never had the opportunity to meet him, but knowing that he's as big of a Lost fan as he is, uh, he's he somebody we definitely need to work on having on this podcast at some point. Oh yeah, he, he I think he would totally dig it. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Kristen, how about you? What's your number two or number one, rather? So my number one, I I have like all these like little points. And as you guys are talking, I'm like, I really want to talk about this, but I guess I'll <laughs> talk about this. <laughs> but, um, you know, I would have to say probably just the use of humor in the first um, in in this the pilot. Um I had a really, it, it, I had a really good time with the humor of it because a lot of it is just terrifying. Um, you know, you're watching, you know, this smoke monster that at the at the time you're like, what the actual hell is going on right now? You know, um, you have, and then when he grabs, when the smoke monster grabs the pilot like straight out of the cockpit, I'm, I, I felt like Kate going. What? Like screaming my head off, um, you know, and, and there's, you know, the guy getting sucked into the engine, there's parts of the plane that are falling. Um, there's, there's just so much terror and horror that's happening in front of you. And then pulling shoes off a dead body. Yeah. But there's just these really great light moments. Like when, um, when Boone is trying to explain to Jack that he's a lifeguard and and then he's like, I think we need to get the pen thing. And he goes, yeah, okay, you work on that, you know, <laughs> like, just get out of here. And, um, and Charlie, who's, who's always trying to just be the rock star that he is. And he's so frustrated, you know, he's like, uh, you said Jack earlier, I'm Charlie, you know, <laughs> like, Charlie's fine, by the way, you know, just in case anybody wanted to know, you know, Sawyer's giving everybody little names. Already, yeah. Racist as they are. <laughs> he's at least or still, Lardo, I think. Was. Yeah. Lardo and um uh he called he called Said something that was horrible, but and he um, called Jack Doc. Yeah. Um, you know, Hurley is completely overwhelmed, which I thought was really great. You know, he's just like, Oh man, are you kidding right now? Like he's like, I have to take care of a pregnant woman. Um <laughs> You know, so it was like those little moments that just made it just created such a great balance to just, oh, this is horrifying. And then somebody would say something funny and you're like, oh, okay, but it's not that bad because I'm laughing. Um, Yeah. The warmth to the show is huge. Yeah. I I, I think that you have something there with that word warmth. You know, the characters are immediately playing off of each other. Even Jin, who is immediately unlikable yeah. as he's trying to give Claire the the fish and she's just looking at him like I don't want to eat this <laughs> like, <laughs> the or when he, here. she makes him put his hand on her belly oh, and he's like no no and then he's kind of amazed <laughs> he's like oh my gosh I feel that and then he's like no I can't touch you <laughs> <laughs> with him 
like Jin, he's, you know how we talked about the core character traits being there for everybody. He's the one that I feel like changed the most, almost unbelievably actually, because he's such a good guy by the end of it. And he's such an asshole here at the beginning. But you know, when you get his backstory and you learn that he didn't, he wasn't always an asshole, that he was a good guy, that son fell in love with this fisherman and it was son's father that changed him over the course of time. And I think Mm. brainwashed him. And I think it was neat watching him get back to the man that son knew and that son married. Um, really sweet. Yeah, it was wonderful. Um, so, yeah, I, he was harsh. He was unlikable. And you just wish that he would drown in the ocean most days. <laughs> <laughs> <But, laughs> I'm glad that they stuck with him. <laughs> yeah. well, a number of characters went through that. I mean, we talked about how much we hated Shannon in the beginning. But right. you know, the more you find out about her backstory, about losing her father and, uh, you know, the troubles that she went through with, you know, wanting to go to school for a th- certain thing but knowing she didn't have the money to do it because it was taken away by a you know a bitchy stepmother and and such you kind of get a better understanding of the characters as to why they are similar to how you said with Jin and finding out he really wasn't mm-hmm. as big of an asshole as we thought he was right. i have to say though my the taste i have left with about Jin is such a good guy after the whole series is over and 14 years have passed. And the impression I have still of Shannon, even though I know you're right, that, you know, you got to be more sympathetic is how, what an annoying character yeah. so much so that when, um, you know, uh, what's her name? Maggie Grace. We found out she was going to be on fear the walking dead. I'm like, Oh great. An annoying character. And <gasps> I then, did the same thing, but she's so good on there. She's so much more likable and great in my opinion. So different. Mm-hmm. Even I mean, her when when she started speaking during the pilot, you know, because we've been watching Fear all all season, and it's like her voice is so much higher than it is on Fear. Yeah. Fear, she really deepens it, and I'm sitting there going, "Oh yeah, I forgot. That's how you. Yeah, that's how you speak." <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, but the use of humor really, um, I really loved, and it too so much so that to the point that when they're in the cockpit and they're and you know, the plane kind of crashes down again after um, the pilots ripped out and the smoke monster goes around and everybody's just bumbling around. I swear Charlie was going to be, was going to say something to the effect of, okay, so I've been in two plane crashes in the last 24 hours or something to that effect, <laughs> just because we'd established that he was going to be the comic relief of this little trio walking through the jungle. Well, I, mean, I had a few that I thought were funny. Um, Walt is uh, when you first hear the smoke monster. <laughs> Walt, is, is that, that Vincent? Vincent? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> Michael's like, nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> or Hurley is like, we don't want him to see the B O D Y S. And then I just love the scene with Charlie and Kate. Where he's all, you, you think you know me, right? But you can't quite place. And he's all, you are everybody. <laughs> I liked I, it when they went even further with that. And Jack's like, I don't know what you're talking about. The cockpit's this way. <laughs> I still think going back and rewatching too, it's it's funny because having rewatched the series as number a number of times as I have, you know, sometimes the humor's still funny, but they're not like laugh out loud funny moments anymore. You still in, you still have that inner chuckle. You still know the scene is funny, but you don't, you're not as expressive about it anymore. But rewatching the pilot, there was one scene that 
rewatching it still made me laugh out loud. And it's the scene where Jin goes up to Hurley to offer him the fish. And <laughs> Hurley's like, just like, no, I'm hungry, but I'm not eating that. I'm starving. <laughs> see, when I see that, I'm, I, I love sushi. So I'm like, come on, dude. Just eat it. Yeah, sure. me too. He's a fisherman. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big sushi fan. So I totally reflect on what Hurley is talking about. Sushi is my favorite thing in the whole world. If I had to choose between sushi or Cluck Cluck's fried chicken, I'm going with fried chicken no every time. Sushi every time. <laughs> <laughs> I do uh, alternating days on those. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. How about my, you, Ben? Number one. My number one kind of goes back in the book ending again, but not with the the I because I share I you know I reflect very much so on the opening, you know just. From the start of this pilot, the lost, you know, popping up on screen, very ominous with, you know, we're in a time now where TV show theme songs don't really exist much anymore. And, uh, but lost is one of those ones where it's only like five seconds long, but it's still so iconic that we, if we heard it, we know exactly where it comes from. Yeah. Even though it's really just a sound effect. That's all it is. Uh, but it's so ominous and with, you know, the, and it's one thing that throughout the course of the show never changed. It was the way the show mm-hmm. always opened. Uh, they never had to change anything about it. And even the ending of the show, just the, the blatant lost with like the, the, the sound <coughs> behind it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Behind it. But, you know, the, book I ended- hated that because it meant that it was over. <laughs> well, I remember thinking to myself, what? <laughs> if you're binging, it doesn't, it's not as annoying. Oh, I, I explained it to you earlier, Kristen. I think we were talking about this in the, in the prologue episode that, um, there's one particular episode where that pissed me off more than anything else. And I think it's going back to season three when they were in the writer's strike and they had to take, they aired like the first six episodes and then they had to take a break for like three months before they were going to start airing new episodes. And the way that episode ends, it's the episode where Jack has been on the table. And he cuts the sack the same way he talks about in the pilot and says that if, if Kate and Sawyer aren't released, then Ben is going to die. And there's that whole final moment with Jack and Kate on the walkie talkies. And, you know, it ends with, you know, damn it, Kate run lost. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Like now we have to wait (laughs) three months to find out what the hell is going to happen next. So yeah, like I, I agree. Like it pissed me off seeing that because it meant the episode was over. But that one particular moment pissed me off more than any other moment, <laughs> knowing that we had to wait. But uh, talk, like the book ends again. The opening seven minutes of this episode, as I mentioned in you know my number three, were so captivating that there really wasn't anything else going on in the world other than what was happening on that show. And the pilot was brilliant in that way that it did the same. Th- they bookended the pilot that same way from the moment they received a bar on the radio until the very end. And you see that lost. I was captivated again. There was nothing else happening in the world at that moment other than what was happening on screen. Uh, you know, hearing that recording and, and there was so much happening in that moment from, from the recording to it being French to, um, Shannon being able to translate it to knowing it was just a, you know, it's been running for 16 years and to leading to that final line, the first iconic line that we got of many throughout this show, the guys, where are we said by Charlie? Where are we? And it was, it, it was just so captivating that I just, that's, that's why it's my number one. I just, I loved it. Mm-hmm. 
That's so, awesome. You know, my number three being the first seven minutes and my number one being the final four minutes. Mm-hmm. I really like that line too. <clears throat> I, yeah, I mean, it's I always think about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, cool. um, Anybody have any notes? Well, before we get into feedback and such, I wanted to bring up a funny story that I figure you guys would appreciate and uh, just something from my own personal life related to Lost. And then if you guys have anything similar, you can share it as well. Um, my sister lives in Colorado. I live in the Philadelphia area. My sister lives in Colorado. And one of the first times I ever flew by myself was flying to Colorado. Because uh, every other time I've flown with other people. But I flew alone to Colorado. I flew out there for Thanksgiving. Uh, and the show was still on. And I'm sitting in the airport and I'm, I'm looking at all the people that were going to be on my flight and my mind shifted into lost. Like not if, if the plane crashed, would I survive? I went into, if the plane crashed, who would I befriend if I survived? Like who would I go through with? And I'm thinking about this and I get to my sister's house in Colorado and I, my sister is a fan of lost as well. And I'm reflecting and my sister just looks at me with such disappointment. And I'm like, why are you disappointed by this? She's like, because you're an idiot. Well, idiot. She's like, because you are over the mainland if you crash you're not deserted on an island you're going to be rescued <laughs> there's no reason to befriend anybody you're going to be fine <laughs> that's awesome i never even thought about it i'm like yeah uh yeah you're kind of right there's i never flew over any water so I, I, and actually i mean if you're in a plane and uh you you know those uh, oxygen masks come down. You put it on and you look over your shoulder and you see the back half of the plane fly off. You're probably not going to last much longer than that. No, <laughs> that's not what right. I was wondering about. Like, how are any of these people? Like Jackie's over in the jungle with a little scratch on his face. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had the scratch on his back too. But yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, but Kate just comes wandering out of the woods, like with almost yeah. nothing wrong with her. Yeah. Most of the people that survive seem to be unscathed, with the exception of the guy they pulled out from under the wreckage with his leg wound. I, so, yeah. I had one um, little note that after they first they go to the cockpit and then they have the run in with the smoke monster and they kind of get separated. And then Kate and Charlie find each other and she's like, where's Jack? And he doesn't know. Kate says, we have to go back for him. And Charlie's like, go back. And I'm like, Oh wow. I didn't know they, (laughs) it's that in the pilot. And I, I, it just brings to the fore that I'm glad you chose this name for your podcast because actually my favorite episode of the entire series is the finale of season three. When you see Jack on the tarmac, we have to go back, Kate. I mean, my mind was just so blown by that whole sequence. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I think that's I, that's our first ever flash forward, is it not? Yeah. Is that but we scene. didn't know that's what we were watching until the that last scene. Yeah. <laughs> which which speaks again to the brilliance of the writers. Yeah. Uh, to the show. So. I remember watching that with a couple of friends, and that happened. And we're like. Wait, that's Kate. <laughs> what the <laughs> How hell? did that happen? Wait, yeah, is this like what we're trying to wrap our brains around it because you don't immediately jump to what was going on. Right. I was at uh I was at one of those viewing parties I had mentioned for that finale. So I was in a room with like 300 other people. So being able to be a part of that where nobody knew what the hell that was and then 
seeing everybody realizing it at the same time was such a cool experience. (laughs) And I really miss experiences like that because it's great to go back and relive this show. But there's a part of me that wishes I could just wipe my brain of this show so I could go back and rewatch it. And now Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, Westworld has some mind blowing revelations, but you got to stay off the Internet. Yeah. Or you're going to get it spoiled. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because when this show aired, I mean, the internet obviously was a thing, but spoilers online really weren't nearly as prevalent yeah. uh, back then, you know, for a show like this as they were now for, like, you know, Game of Thrones and Westworld and, and such. So right. it was easier to avoid them. Yeah. Um, uh, I had a note about, I, I had, a, I kind of chuckled just a little bit here was that um, Michael spends a lot of the episode looking for Walt. And uh, I just just started laughing at the fact that nobody on television shows can seem to keep track of the kids. It's like (laughs) Carl get in the house. (laughs) I just kept thinking of Carl in the house the whole time. He's like, have you seen Walt? It's like, oh, (laughs) Carl. Oh, Carl. I I made this recording. I don't have it or else I play it right now. But it's like a mashup of Rick and Michael where he's like, Walt! Carl! 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 Uh, That's fantastic. That makes me so happy to know that that audio clip exists. And then... and then another another uh, note that I had that I wrote down that um, I really liked that there was this um, nice little contrast between Kate and Son on how uh, Son was looking for freedom. Like they were going to, she was on the plane and she was planning to, that we find out later, she was planning to leave Jen and she was um, freeing herself of this oppressive marriage that she was in. And Kate, who was going uh, to be, jailed. She had finally gotten caught uh, in Australia for what she had done uh, to her horrible stepfather. Um, And so she was going to be imprisoned or whatever. And then they get on the island and the exact opposite happens to both of them. Kate's free and she is trying to keep that secret, but she's more or less free. And son is, um, now stuck on this island with her oppressive husband mm-hmm. and she's being kind of smashed down again, right when she was so close to, to getting away at the time. So I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And it, it brings to mind too the whole thing with uh, Locke, which we really didn't, tell, we didn't talk about so much, but it's, it's weird in these two episodes that he seems so pleased and we don't know why Then we find out later. Right. He's like, oh, hey, (laughs) look what happened. (laughs) I'm never leaving. (laughs) Let's all leave. He's like, no, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, just hang out. I love the fact, too, how they talk. They 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 toyed with the idea too for a little while, at least in the pilot, because it's not it's you find out by the end of the pilot who exactly was in the handcuffs. But I loved how they toyed with us a little bit from the start. Yeah. Uh, with our annoyance and suspicion and all that. Yeah, exactly. With you know, Saeed possibly being, you know, Sawyer uh, accusing Saeed of being the one, Saeed being the one that accuses Sawyer, and then finding out by the end that it's Kate. Uh, even though there were hints, plenty of hints dropped throughout the episode that it was indeed Kate. Rubbing her wrists the minute yeah, we see her, the her very wrists, first time. Con- constantly asking about the, the agent, uh, you know, the, the, um, 
Yeah, how do you know? Marshall. Marshall? Like, what yeah. do you know? So, yeah. I mean, there were plenty of hints that led to it being Kate, which we do find out by the end of the, the pilot, that's who it was. But I loved how they they toyed with us a little bit and making us, they obviously led the attention more towards Sawyer and Saeed uh, mm-hmm. over Kate. So it was a much bigger reveal when it turned out to be Kate. Mm-hmm. So Show's uh, good at toying, toying yeah. with you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, multiple moments that I can't wait to talk about throughout the run of the series that they do that. Um, any other notes, uh, final notes before we, we go into listener feedback? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm good too. Uh, so yeah, so being the first episode of the podcast, uh, not a lot of feedback yet, but we did get some, which we're very pleased to know. Uh, so we're going to go through some of that now. Uh, we do have our email address, our Facebook pages, which we will let you know about by the end of the podcast and other ways you can get in contact with us. But one of the emails that we got was uh, from our friend Steve. Uh, so amazing to revisit the show. Being introduced to all these characters again is going to be fun. I had forgotten some of the subtle humor, Jack telling the guy to go get a pen and him coming back with a handful charlie singing his song for kate and jack hurley not being able to spell we forgot about that uh and Locke's orange peel smile we begin to learn about each of the other characters and their characteristics the mysteries of the island begin to unfold yeah so i mean yeah we didn't even talk about hurley and his the spelling oh yeah we touched on it a little bit um i think that but <clears throat> the next one is from facebook it is from uh, Jillian, Jillian Moreau. Uh, and she says, I love her. Hi, Jill. Love you. Um, that first episode is truly epic. I never watched lost while it was on air. I decided to binge it on Netflix a few years ago after hearing a few walking dead podcasts. You may be familiar with them. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about this show a lot. It just grabbed me. I was hooked from the get go that first night when they hear the noises and see the trees moving the scene when they find the pilot on the nose of the plane. So suspenseful, suspenseful. I felt like I was watching it for the first time again. There's a lot I'm sure I missed with just binging it all. Being that I've only watched the series the one time, though, I'm excited for this rewatch and even more stoked to hear Ben and Kristen break it all down. That's cool. I, I'm glad to hear, yeah, that you watched that because you heard it. Uh, heard me and Karen talking about it so much. It's cool. Okay, so we have another piece of feedback from Jillian. She says, seeing all these characters in the beginning, especially now, and knowing how it all plays out, it was fun to start over. Saeed and Sawyer going at it. Man, Sawyer is such an asshole, but I love him. (laughs) That's the thing about Sawyer. A lot more of his warp came through later on in his charm. Uh, when Hurley was helping Jack with the shrapnel removal, I couldn't help but laugh when he passed out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how annoying Shannon was at first, but also and also Jin. I hated the way he came off with Sun, so controlling. But the way we start to get pieces of all their backstories and more mystery of the island really made me want to just keep going. But alas, I should go to bed so I can go back to adulting and mommying in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that, this show can ruin your your next day. You just watch it I, all night long. Yeah, I totally forgot about her uh, Hurley, Hurley going. I'm out. not good with blood, man. Listen, <laughs> I tried so hard. <laughs> and that's the thing. I think it's a, a genetic thing, not just psychological. I don't know, but I've heard that certain people, if you get the side of blood, will just pass out. Yeah, I've never not, been one yeah. of those people. I've I've always had a pretty strong stomach for for stuff like that. So it's you know I, I'm an ex volunteer firefighter, and I have law enforcement in my family, so I've kind of gotten used to. You know, to stuff like that. So it's never really 
affected me. But yeah, it's always funny to watch it when it happens to somebody else, mm-hmm. especially in television. <laughs> Jack's like, no, 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 hey. <laughs> this, and for the second time, we see Hurley with his face full of sand. <laughs> but not the last, I'm sure. No, um, no, I'm pretty sure. There's a number of times that we know Hurley's face in the sand. Uh, I could think of one in particular uh, for later, but uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah, but I think that's going to pretty much wrap up this first episode of the series rewatch. Nice. Um, yeah, we want to thank everybody definitely for listening. And uh, if you haven't joined us in watching just yet, now is the perfect time. And hopefully we we piqued your interest enough that you, you want to do it. We know the series right now is available on Hulu to watch. Uh, and I'm sure there's a number of other ways. Google Play has episodes, although I think they're like $2 an episode. So you're better off just, just going to Hulu yeah. and watching. Uh, or borrow somebody's DVDs or Blu-rays who has it. I know there are a number of other people that uh, that have it. That way. I got them all. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't have any of that anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't have any DVDs anymore. Like I, I, I keep getting rid of them. I'm like, here, somebody take this. Do you want this? You don't have to borrow <laughs> it. You could just have it. <laughs> um, yeah. I, you know what? I'm excited that we're back, uh, that we're into the show and that we're going to do this. So thank you for listening and yay. Yeah. Um, Jason, I know one of the things that we didn't really get to mention from the start, but I know Facebook, we've made it on Facebook, and I wanted to ask you, I kind of combined our logos a little bit yeah, for awesome. this podcast. I loved it. Yeah, you know, with the, cool. we got the N and the L for next level with the podcast, like a bolt and podcast yeah. underneath, which... And we didn't really talk about that. Yeah, so this is a joint venture. Yeah, which I'm I'm really excited about, and you if should. not for nothing else, is just to, you know, you and I have become f- friends over the over the couple past couple years from my moderating at FanFest and, you know, through your your podcast. So you were one of the first people I reached out to, especially with Kristen having been on other podcasts like a podcast before. I wanted to be like, hey, like let's just make this a joint venture, yeah. and because I know you're a big fan of. Lost, and I knew we wanted to have you on multiple times throughout the run of this podcast. I'm a fan cool. of the podcastica podcasts, and so I wanted to make this a joint thing. So, um, you know, I'm a really ha- big fan of Westworld cast. It's my favorite one. If anybody awesome. wants to listen to it, Westworld cast. To hear that. <laughs> Once a week, Westworld cast. You should really <laughs> listen to it. But you know, delicious. <laughs> Uh, being the founder of Podcastica, maybe spend a minute and tell us a little bit about like the other podcasts that you have on the network. Uh, yeah, man, all, all the shows are on at once. I didn't mean for that to happen. I'm totally exhausted. But right now we've got Fear the Walking Dead and uh, uh, Westworld and Legion. And uh, we also have Strange Indeed and they're covering Lost in Space. That's Rima and Sean. And uh, I think that's all the shows that are going on right now. Once upon a time, just wrapped up. It's they have the series finale. But anyways, yeah, we just love. It's basically what you just heard with other shows. We like to have fun with it, but we're super, you know, thorough and geeky, in depth fans. And I, in my opinion, the reason to do this kind of stuff is to just if you guys geek out on a show, then I want to geek out on it with you and help enhance your experience of the show by going more in depth and also kind of like create community around it. So um, it's really, really fun. And all that, all those shows are at podcastica.com. Yeah. I think is podcastica. What's the Facebook page for podcastica too? Is it just facebook.com slash podcastica? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, Cause we want to send people there. But we do, we have different um, 
Facebook pages for each one of our shows. I don't know. Sometimes I think we should meld it all into one, but right now they're all they're all different. We give out all the contact info at the end of each podcast. Yeah, which uh, is what we're actually about to do right now. <laughs> now, that, now that you said that. Uh, yeah, the Lost Revisited podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited pod. Uh, we're on Instagram very newly uh, at Lost Revisited Pod, and I expect to get Twitter up and running in the next couple of weeks. Cool. And please send your email to lostrevisitedpod at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to leave us a message, you can record yourself and send it to the email address. We do not have a telephone number, uh, but that yet. is a really good yet. Yes, <laughs> but uh, that we, is a really good way to get a nice quality audio file um, to play on the podcast. If you'd like to leave us your voice, yeah, I know one of our other podcasts on the on the Next Level Network has a voicemail, <laughs> and I think we're able to add other accounts to that. Uh, so I'm going to look into that, and if we can, we will have a number relatively soon that people can call. And anytime anybody leaves a voicemail, it actually sends me an email with an audio recording of it that I can pull. So in, in, in the meantime, yeah, definitely record a message and you can send it to us via the email. Um, but we want to encourage you obviously to check out all the other podcasts, not only on the next level podcast network, but also on podcastica. Uh, since this is a joint venture, as Jason mentioned, uh, you know, strange indeed covering law, uh, covering lost in space, uh, the Westworld podcast, which I'm a fan of as well. Westworld. Uh, <laughs> Fear the Walking Dead, and of course on Next Level we have uh, the Spotlight, which is our celebrity interview podcast. DC Primetime, which is the covers all the DC shows like Arrow and um, Supergirl and such, and Melting Pat. There's a number of all of them. Uh, Podcastica.com, Next Level Radio Online.com, both websites for those as well. Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up. We don't really have anything clever to kind of end the podcast on yet. But um, but if you're a fan of Lost, I think that you should be watching Colony right now. It stars Josh Holloway, and you should watch Colony. That's your homework assignment. I'll tell you, there's I don't know if you guys saw the trailer for it, but there's another show coming out in the fall called Manifest that, mm. um, that looks very Lost-esque. And it's... Um, I think there's a couple cast members from Once Upon a Time that are in it. And the basic premise of it from what I caught is that, you know, there's a bunch of people on a plane. Um, they hit some turbulence. And when they land, it's five years in the future. Oh, yeah. I heard something about that. Yeah. So I don't know how that's going to be. Maybe that'll be some homework, too, when that when that airs in the fall. There you go. Colony is even better. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's indirectly directed at me. And Jason. <laughs> Jason, I, I watched the first season and really liked it and just haven't and then i didn't get when it came back i didn't get caught up so i need to binge and get caught up for sure because i i'm definitely interested yeah it's cool uh jason oh. thank you again for for coming on i know we're we're definitely going to have you back on love to yeah thanks uh, it was really fun I know we're going to we're going to try and get Karen on at some point. We know she was a big fan of the show. Uh hopefully maybe with your help we'll get in contact with James and have James on. Yeah. Uh, a couple times. And if any of the listeners are interested in joining us at any point too, please send us an email or a message on Facebook and and let us know. Uh cuz we'll have um we'll definitely You'll have, have to answer you'll have to answer no less than 25 questions. I'll let you come up with them. <laughs> cuz um I have enough going on to have to test our, our listeners. Oh, that would be fun to kind of do that. 
Um, but yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up. Jason, thanks again for uh, for joining us. Thanks for having me. And um, oh, I do want to say real quick, the next episode of this podcast, we will be covering uh, episodes three and four, uh, Tabula Raza and Walkabout, which will be the next two episodes we cover. So, uh, but thank you everybody once again for listening, for checking out the podcast. We appreciate the feedback that you guys send in. Uh, and until next time, we'll see you guys down the road. Where are we? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>